podcast as always i'm your host josh denham and uh i promised i put this part of the episode out for uh the ass backwards anime podcast and so that's what i'm doing right here so we'll open the show with them the ssa podcast with my good friends doctor and son of peter or better known as peterson and unfortunately we could not grab foxy but that's okay, you know, maybe maybe next time, Foxy. So, uh, without further ado, I present to you the SSAA Podcast. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. I have some guests with me today. I've got Doctor and Peterson from the SSA Podcast. The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. That's right. <laughs> Is there any other links you guys or, or links um, or plugs you want to drop before we get going? Before we get going, just um, if you go, just go to our site www.ssaapodcast.com. If you don't get the name. You should get it now. Or you could check us out on our, um, you could email us at ssaepodcast at gmail.com. Facebook, um, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Twitter. That's everything. And I do recommend these guys on Twitter here because there's never a dull moment when you're reading one of their tweets. So we've got uh, an interesting topic for you guys today. Um, it's old anime versus new anime. Is the old stuff nostalgic or does the new stuff just suck? Um, hmm. And uh, I, I, got, I just got done talking with uh, the guys over at 3 Japanophile Productions. And um, I guess the first thing I asked them and the first thing I want to ask you guys, what do you consider to be old anime? Um, and what are some specifics that you guys enjoy? Hmm. Peterson, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I say old anime will be stuff that I grew up with. So it'll be like the Sailor Moons, 
the Dragon Ball Z, and anime I should have grown up with. So it'll be um, the old Evangelion Genesis, and well, they're old but good. Uh, Robotech, Game. Voltron, yeah, little things like that. Um, I would go out of my way in saying that for me, old is usually anything that was made before I was born, which covers a lot of a lot of eighty shows and a lot of seventy shows. So it's a lot of st- old stuff. But uh, personally, I. I try not to lump old and new as often as I can. And that's, and that's a good point. Uh, maybe we should expound on that a little bit um, because it does kind of slowly, I mean, if you look at it through the generations, it just kind of becomes, it just mutates. It doesn't necessarily have this fine line in the middle of new and old. Um, but I guess for me, something that I would say that's old would be like a Lupin the Third green jacket or something, but... Um, specifically, I guess you could say fandom here in America because that's been a much shorter lifespan than that over in Japan, and I don't have enough knowledge to cover like 50-odd years of black-and-white cartoons. Um, so I guess we'll just stick with uh, fandom here in America. Um, what are some shows that you guys would say every fan should watch before they can call themselves a informed um, fan, I suppose is the best word for it? An informed fan? Well, I mean, like, let's, okay, let's put it this way. You walk up on the street, and, or mm-hmm. not the street, the, you walk up on the internet, and there's this person who says, oh, wow, show X that just came out this season is so amazing. But they haven't seen Bebop Evangelion or Trigun or any of the shows that everyone else has seen. How, mm. uh, you know, what, uh, at what value are you going to take their opinion over someone who has seen uh, said shows and what shows do you think give people a little bit more uh, credibility? Cred- yeah. Credibility. Um, I call the entire thing bullshit. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, honestly do, I do, honestly do not believe because one person has watched um, a show like, let's say, Live by Arms of Iron is any more or less credible than someone who has watched uh, Legend of Galactic Heroes. Or Hiroshiman, or what have you. Honestly, it's it's um, for me. It's kind of it's fandom. It's it's uh, it changes throughout the years, and there are times when uh, you know during this current trend of anime right now, you have your you know your moe shows and what have you. It's it's to say that okay because I really like these. Mo- I like something like Kaon. Um, you should also try to check out this show. And I say, another person walks in and says, like, no, F you. You, you, you like Kaon? You, obviously, you have poor taste in anime. I, I, I do not like that whole uh, mentality of saying that there's this uh, superiority complex about having people who say, okay, I've watched a lot of 80s, um, 80 shows, thus I am a better fan than you. Or it's, an old fag. Or an old fag. I, I don't even... I try not to spend, uh, say it like that, but um, you know, even with uh, other genres of of entertainment, things like tokusatsu, um, you can't be a common writer fan unless you watch, you know, like the first series, Amazon, Skywriter. Like I can, I can talk about common writer, even though I might have watched only Kiva or something like that. Though it might not be the best quality show, it just doesn't mean that I can't be a better fan than you. And uh, what's your view on it, Peter, sir? Um, it's similar to Doctors. I mean, everybody have opinions, and some people like certain shows and other people like um, other shows. They can't use old shows that they watch to validate their opinions on newer shows. Like, oh, you watch Naruto. That sucks. I remember Ninja shows were great. Like, um, Ninja Scroll. 
Ninja, Ninja Scroll, exactly. And yeah. you're like, okay, you suck. Thank you. Thank you for I, I mean, I mean, there, there, there is, a, there is a crowd out there that you know says, oh, you know, they they might make fun of a show because it's brand new or something. That you know, it's that's that's to their thing. What ma- from if anything, what matters to me is if if they're funny. I mean, if if I'll be honest, if we've kind of gone through exchanges with other people. Usually, we whenever people suggest something to me, I t- I try it out. I you know I talked to someone randomly on Twitter who I just started following who just started following me and he makes a reference to a show that I didn't know about and he's like oh you should be ashamed for not knowing this and I'm like what's the show about I was like, and he's like oh it's this show and like okay I'll look it up I'll, I'll try it out that's it that's all it takes for someone like me at least to say you know okay look just because I had not had the experience that you have in some way shape or form you managed to watch this show before me makes you better than me. So so what you guys are saying is um just because someone may have seen more Jap tunes than you or what have you or oh, not, not, not I I wouldn't say just the Jap tunes I mean, uh, or manga or what have it's not so much more than what it's more like I think I think now it's becoming like specific shows I think. I mean you could it it, it depends on who you're talking to because there might be a person that says, "Oh, I watched a thousand anime shows." Um, so obviously I'm a better fan than you, or I've watched this specific shows. Thus, I'm a better fan than you. Wait, I don't you watch Naruto? That. No, you should watch another anime. It's called Basculus. It's more similar to Ninja Scrolls. Like, okay. Yeah. And then if you watch it and you don't have their same opinions, like I rather watch Naruto because it's more of my type. Then you're the, you're the lesser fan, and they're more superior than you because they have more opinions. So you're saying just because you have more opinions on certain things doesn't make you a superior fan or I, I, I do not want to quantify fandom. I, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at because it's to say that, you know, just it, it, there's no level of fan that, I mean, one can presume that there is, you know, like, oh, this guy buys all of his anime or this buy, this guy only downloads his anime or or this guy buys figurines or this guy buys wall scrolls or this guy buys um, uh, OSTs. You know, it's there might be different ways of expressing um, what if, you, if you're a fan of something, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're better than another person who just started watching it on TV. You know, it's it takes a while, I guess. I think it's 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 a weird mentality, um, probably on my end to say like, oh, I don't really care, kind of what you say. I mean, I can have my volume of Pluto right next to my volume higher to the combat butler. That doesn't matter. Both are entertaining to me. Um, you know, it's if you you know, I can talk to you about Pluto. And I won't mention it, Hayate, because you don't like it. That's fine. We still have a common trait. We still have a common subject that we like. We like anime. And it doesn't... I don't think we should say that all, all this new stuff that's coming out now is utter garbage. There are still stuff that are new, that are still... You know, they're shining gems. They might be filled with tropes and stuff. But you know, there is some something good in there somewhere. Okay. Yeah, not always, though. So, um, I guess my, my next... Uh question would be uh, we mentioned credibility in the beginning um at the same time even though it may not be uh just because you may have seen a lot of shows may not necessarily give you the most uh amount of credibility um but then if that doesn't what what does i guess it would be my question if if i if i can say i've seen 15 mech shows 
and then this new one comes out, I say is utter garbage because it, it doesn't compare to any of these older mech shows, period, or something. Like, what builds fan credibility for you guys if not uh, seeing a lot of things? Uh, why don't we start with you, Peterson? Um, it's sort of unfair to um, judge one show and compare it to another show. You need to put anime on its own legs and see how it stands. So always you should watch the anime before based on opinion because of somebody else, what somebody else says. Yeah, so, yeah, it, you probably don't want to like look at reviews or constant opinions of what everyone says. I think it's one of the things we usually say. Like if, if you don't like something, if someone says this show sucks, go watch it. If someone said this show is good, go watch it. But at the same time, um, what uh, and then I run into the problem. Well, what qualifies as good? Like at the same time, like like you guys were just saying in your opinion, go watch Basilisk if you like, you know, because it's more like Ninja Scroll compared to Naruto. But at the same time, you're comparing anime already. You're comparing two things to kind of. I I, I guess what my point is is you have to compare to sell people on the idea or the premise or the show in general. Mm. I don't yeah. So wouldn't seeing more shows make that a little bit more sellable? Wouldn't that make you have just at least a little bit more of uh, uh, credibility I, I, because you've seen more things to compare stuff to? I, I cut off Peterson. I'm sorry. Go no, go ahead, Mike. Go oh, no, you were gonna you were trying to say something and we kind of clashed. Um, it's like trying to compare Cowboy Bebop to um, what's the other Space Cowboy anime that's on? Uh, Outlaw Star. Outlaw, Outlaw Star. Star. Just because you watch the Outlaw Star and say, "Oh, um, Cowboy, Be- Cowboy Bebop is superior to Outlaw Star," doesn't really make it superior to Outlaw Star. You have to watch both to base your judgment on which one is superior or not. Some people like Outlaw Star more than Cowboy Bebop, believe it or not. Uh, you know, it's 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 always you know. I think it, the it's it, that's why it's kind of hard to say. Oh, because you watch this show, it's better. Because you know, exp- uh, you know, life experience is is always different. I kind of th- um, if you go back to my Evangelia Rosafon episode, we I threw out the option is like you know, had Rosafon Rosafon come first, you think it would have um, still had the same reaction as it did af- afterwards because you know we don't know what if a parallel universe happens and let's say Cowboy Bebop comes in ten years after um outlaw star does that still it, you know it's some uh, uh, opinions change opinions man because people experience a sh- one thing before another so obviously comparisons are going to be made regardless if, i i try to i try not to constantly have to be judging shows based on other shows that's you know but unfortunately when you try to sell t- to someone it's it, it's kind of, you kind of usually go to that you but i think um, you know, because if they want to get a at least a sense of what you're trying to sell to them, but I what I think the the better uh, option is probably just sell the show based on itself, if anything, because I think that will that will at least um, give some interest. Because I'll be honest, you know, some people are stubborn. Some people are like, look, just try this out, and go out ahead. I can't, I can't do that with everyone. I can't, I just say, hey, go watch this show and I'd be completely complacent about it. They can't, I can't. I mean, everyone's not me. You can I can't. Use, lo- you, you could use our example where I was trying to watch um, "Daughter of Twenty Faces," and you've been telling me that since last year to watch it. Yeah, no, you started watching it, and I just started watching it. And I, I think the only thing I said was it. If it was like if James Bond trained this chick to become a master thief, and I'm sold. That's it. That's all I said. Okay. Um. And of course, this whole uh, 
this whole discussion is about nostalgia and how it in- influences our uh, opinions on the newer shows or maybe the older shows. And you brought up an, a very interesting point uh, mentioning the Razafon episode that you guys had, which is a great episode. I, I want everyone to check that out. Um, Gush. <laughs> let's say um, – now, I want to make a very – here's my analogy that I've already used. I used it with the last interview I had with the Three Japan File Productions. Cowboy Bebop versus Black Lagoon. Now, mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop was, is kind of looked at as the pillar or one of the pillars of American anime fandom that you pretty much have to see or, or, you know, just because it's so nostalgically amazing or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When Black Lagoon at the same time is just as amazing in my opinion – um, but doesn't seem to get the same treatment as Cowboy Bebop. Like everyone says Cowboy Bebop is like, oh my goodness. But for me, I didn't see Cowboy Bebop until recently. And, you know, I had no nostalgic with it. And I think Black Lagoon is better. Um, now, I'm, I'm, I'm sure maybe you guys disagree, but my, my whole thinking is it's pretty much the same storytelling, very contained uh, stories, very um, standalone-ish the characters don't have so much development. I mean, I guess Rock and Revy do, but pretty much everyone else, you know, stays the same. It's very stagnant, I guess you could say. And it kind of just has this tiny underlying story, you know, this very, very tiny, like in Bebop, the main story is really only five episodes long. Uh, when in Black Lagoon, it's kind of a little bit longer. It has a little bit more of an ongoing story because Rock does make a big, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, make a bigger transformation. But um, I guess to uh, phrase this as a question for you guys, now I've, I've kind of gushed on. Um, so let's say Bebop has this nostalgia and Cowboy Bebop uh, and uh, Black Lagoon does not. What is the difference for you? Which one do you think is better and why? Doc, this is mm. all yours. You, you both have seen each show, I assume. Yes. Yes, okay. yes, I have. So I I will answer this um, a different way. Um, I I've I am a Big Mac fan, and you know I've managed to watch some of the old Gundam series in the past. I I actually watched the first three movie trilogy box set. I bought I bought that before I even knew about Gundam Wing, and it had long since passed before I realized it was on TV. I think it's 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 really hard to say because we're kind of comparing um, bananas and oranges here, um, in a sense. Um, let's. Uh, I'm gonna try this front uh, this weird um, scenario that I kind of experimented with. I had not watched Macross, the original uh, Super Dimensional Frontier Macross ever, and I also had not experienced Robotech. Now, I had a friend of mine who had the Robotech box set. So he gave, he let me borrow it. And I happened to acquire the Macross series, the original first Macross series. I deliberately watched Robotech first because I wanted to, you know, see what people were watching on TV, you know, in the States and what they experienced. I wanted to know what I actually wanted to check it out. Um, the story was good. The name changes were different. You know, I, I more or less had a, I had a fun time watching the first part. Then I watched the second, then I watched the third. Uh, for me, my, my take on Robotech in general was I preferred the first, um, story, which dealt, it was directly adapted from Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. 
I then later watched the Japanese Macross. Um, th- um, you know, I had to get used to the name changes back to the original stuff and obviously the language. And there were aspects of the original, uh, not of original, uh, of, of the original Macross that I love more than Robotech, but there are stuff from Robotech that I liked more than Macross. So it's it's kind of weird because I, though people might have been nostalgic about Robotech and then later probably watch Macross and they probably think, ah, oh, Robotech is the shit and this is how it always is going to be. And anything that comes off of that has planes transforming into the robots, that's going to be um, Robotech. Um, so I don't think I answered your question because I know I diverged. Um, but well, that's okay. Let me just bring this on real quick. But 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 that's the thing. It's 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 hard for me to say like this one is better than the other. I mean, if it's both are good in their own in their own sense, one might be different in some way, shape, or form. Then one might be significantly different. I mean, there are also so many factors you're not looking at because we have, you know, if let's look at um, uh, Black Lagoon being a, you know, a rock'em sock'em kind of a Hollywood movie show, and then you have something like Cabo Bebop, where it's kind of a little more cool, collected, but it still has its action. Um, you know, then you have the comparing the music, and then you're comparing animation, um, you know, specific characters, specific plot points it's it's very very different it's always a different experience to say that i watched this before this makes maybe the first one better than the other one it's i think it's wrong um i might have i think what i did not watch in fact i haven't even watched uh, outlaw star until way way after um probably like two years ago that's when i finally bought the box set and then i watched um i think i've then i bought the box set for cowboy bebop and properly watched it and I still think that, you know, there are some things that are good off of Black, uh, of um, Cabo Bebo that might be uh, a little bit better than Alastar, but I might prefer, but I prefer Alastar more than that. And Black Lagoon, it's it's a weird, different entity. I, it's hard to say just uh, that um, one is better than the other. I'm not really answering your question, but I, th- I think you're getting what I'm saying. It's really hard for me. I think I get what you're saying. What you're saying is um, there isn't necessarily a clean, uh, a clean cut winner. There's they both excel at what they meant to do, and they meant to do kind of similar, but not similar things. Yeah, that's the thing. It's It always depends on the person. It depends on the situation. It depends on the life experience, what they got through. Maybe even one might relate to one character more than another. They might, uh, maybe they're just in the mood of watching an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and they just happen to have um, uh, Black Lagoon there. I don't know. It's You can't really say that this is the you know the one way you have to experience a show there is no one way because you can never know how one can take a show i've probably you know i've I've always experimented on the club and my and my old anime club and you know i might have a show that i think is brilliant and then maybe one person might laugh and the other person thinks it sucks my question question would be um what makes an anime underrated what makes an anime underrated but just because it's old, it makes it automatically underrated? I don't think so. Sometimes it is. And I think that's usually the case for the new fans, where they seem to maybe that they... Because it's a show from the uh, 80s, it's highly underrated, and, and only the older fans are aware of it. And they're like, why aren't the new fans uh, checking this out? And then you have a new fan who decides to try to be all cocky and so it's like, oh, I watched that show, I am better than you. Like Zegapain? Zegapain? Uh, it's underrated. Um... 
there are flaws in the show though, but I think that's still a good show. Um, I mean, I can say one thing and it'll probably break the break the gimmick, but it's still a good show. I think everyone should try it try it out at least once. I don't know. It's I think it's unfortunately the internet kind of amplifies uh, certain audiences um, on specific shows, so they probably are screaming about one one show more than another show and. You know, it's it's weird. Once you get into maybe the the subsects of fandom, you start to realize, wow, this I, I am bombarded with people of talking about this one show that I get really tired of that show after a while. And it's 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 amazing to think like, oh wow, why isn't this show succeeded? There's obviously clearly a fandom out there, but people just might like another show more than everyone else. That's just I don't know. Maybe had had the situation been different, maybe. There might be one show dominated a certain trio of um, of uh, series. So what about you, Peterson? C- can you say that there, um, I guess we'll just go back to Cowboy Bebop and, Bl- and Black Lagoon uh, just as an example. Feel free to answer in your own way as well. Um, but is there uh, a nostalgia factor that makes one better than the other for you or um, what have you, I guess? I am more nostalgic towards Cowboy, not Cowboy Bebop, to um, the other show, The Outlaw Star, due to the time effect and Toonami and all that. I miss Toonami. <laughs> but I would not say it's a better show than Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop was told much better. It was a much better told storyline than Outlaw Star. And it has several superiorities towards Outlaw Star. But it's it's based on people and certain people like certain shows. And that's the only thing I can say about that issue. So some people might like outlaw star. Other people like cowboy bebop. The majority like cowboy bebop, but Hey, to each its own. All right. So, um, I know doctor, you're a big, big mech fan. And, um, have, have any of you guys seen, uh, the original, any original UC Gundam series and then the compilation films after? Uh yes and yes, uh, usually wait, at least with the with the original first Gundam yeah. Uh, how about Zeta Gundam? I have not gotten a chance to see the compilation movies or the remakes. You're, well, now that they're going to be released over here soon, so I'll be able to get a chance to watch them. All right. Well, how about um uh, a, a more recent one, uh, Gurren Lagann. Gurren Lagann. Have okay. has anyone seen both the series and the films, or one of either? Yes, yes. I, I've watched both. Okay, and uh, did you say yes, Peterson? I didn't hear that. Yes, I watched the series and half of the movie. Uh, half of the first film, or what? Half of the first. Well, movie. Half half of the first film was the original series, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess let's let's start here. Okay, I, uh, I think it's safe to say we all saw the series first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then the movies come along, and let's just be honest: the first movie was really complete and utter crap. Uh huh. Hmm. I mean, it, it basically was only for the fans. If you had not seen the series, it was really not that good. Um, it was kind of like, you know, what the, guy, the typical Gynex. Yeah, uh, Gynex com- being Gynex. Yeah, the, the typical Gynex uh, compilation film, pretty much. I mean, they did the same thing for Eva. If you hadn't seen the Eva series, you were pretty much screwed because, you know, that's all the first movie was about. Was a, a you know, it didn't have its own storyline by any means it didn't branch off anything it just kind of said oh yeah remember this and remember that and re- i mean crud it had a montage in in the first film to cover like six episodes yeah can, can, can you get any more you know not explaining you know not explain anything to the to your, your audience movie i mean 
um, again, you pretty much said it yourself. This was for the fans. These are the people who watched the series already and just want to see like a little more condensed version of it. Exactly. So um, I guess my point in bringing this up in regards to nostalgia, now we can say that the first movie is complete and utter crap, but we can only say that because why? We saw the series or because um, it just the movie on its own merits. I believe it's both personally – uh, because, you know, honestly, I didn't like the first movie because it changed a lot of things from the series, in which case nostalgia did impact my judgment. But on the other hand, even if I hadn't seen the first series, I would have said, yeah, it was an interesting movie because there's a lot of hot-blooded battles going on and stuff. And I could probably, you know, say, yeah, I'll stick around for the second one. But I, I would be so confused as to who Forehead Boy was um, and, like, where the twins came from and Leron. I mean, like, Keaton, like, those guys were never introduced in the movie at all, formally. Mm-hmm. What's, that's what's your take on this, guys? Um, I think you're just answering your questions over and over again because yeah. it's it, it, it because that's the thing. It let's look at it in different because I when I watched this movie, I kind of watched it like twice. I watched it once. It's basically okay. This is going to be a standalone movie, more or less. That's what I, that was my initial thought. But if you kind of go into this movie and try to view it like that, you'll notice that. There isn't any development. There's a bunch of scenes that are completely uh, pointless. Um, the last fight scene is probably the best part because the, the animation is um, a lot more crisper because it's you know they're using the movie budget uh, on its own. It, obviously, you can't like it. It's hard to like it because it's it just like you obviously are not. You don't know who these people are. You you don't have anything to to um, to you know to feel for them. I mean, even up to the part where spoilers, Commandant dies. Um, you kind of have. To like just basically, it's like so this guy is a friend and he dies. That kind of sucks. And now you have you have this really awesome battle at the end. It was like oh awesome quick. Well, I, disagree. The, the, I would have it. to say though because we've seen the uh, the series that the battle at the end for me at least was the worst part of the film, even worse than the montage because each of those battles individually was so much more entertaining watching them in the series than it was in the film where it's like they were blown through in five minutes by mad hacks. I mean, like, I felt like I was reading Naruto where Sasuke is fighting somebody more than I was watching Gurren Lagann. You know what I mean? There was no, there was no real speech. There was no real... There was a speech. Yeah, but it wasn't... I don't know. It didn't that, have the same feeling uh, as it did in the series. Okay, have you watched the original um, Gundam movie trilogy set? I have. Before? You have. Okay. You notice that on, over the, I actually watched that first before the series. Um, there was, and there was a quite a long distance between the series and that. And I also watched the series in English, so there's a lot of factors going in there. Um, that the Gundam movie series did um, did such a great job of condensing their story and presenting to you in the in the best way possible, and still having you, you know everyone. You actually know a lot of these characters, and you actually care about these characters throughout the three movies. Um, when it uh, that when and then when you look at the series for me i was like okay i get i get to see a lot more stuff there's still some i guess you can say it's filler but i still get the story i still get everything i still understand who these people are and then i still you know white base still gets blown up um so the movie can stand on its own the movie can stand on its own perfectly uh, if anything if if it's a lot more accessible i think now because it's um, it's uh, the original series is no longer on Crunchyroll. It's less of a so, time, and uh... it's less time, and you can still get you can still watch these movies as in just straight jump to Zeta Gundam, and you don't have to worry. You can you understand who these people are already. And it's like okay, good. Uh, it's like okay, I know Amaro, I know Frau, I know Bright, and all this stuff, bitch. 
bitch slap everything. Got it. That's in, that's. In, you could, in fact, that's what I did. I just watched the comp uh, the com- compilation movies and then moved directly to the Zeta compilation uh, compilation movies there. Um, but um, I actually went to the Zeta series. <laughs> I tried. Uh, I tried watching Zeta series, and I just said I don't have enough time to watch a fifty episode series. And everyone was saying, "Well, watch the." the films because they change a lot of things and that is the new canon and it's less time and I was sold because I wanted to see it but I didn't have the time to watch 50 but episodes you, and miss you also know, canon. That's the thing. Here's the thing. You mentioned you, you mentioned that that was a 50 episode show. And, um, um, you know, even though um, Gun- the original series wasn't as long as that, it's still there was still a lot more episodes than something like Gurren Lagann. In Girl Lagan, unfortunately, you kind of don't understand the reason why Simone is the main character until a while back, and there's a lot of development that happens throughout those episodes, you know, from coming to die into him meeting Nia to him discovering who he really is, and then starting leading the Girl Lagan Brigade. Um, I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, it's, it's at that point, it's really just the 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 movie makers fault it's their fault it's 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 their problem that they kind of had just the one giant montage of stuff um that you just you kind of just you just more or less get okay so they just meet a bunch of people but you don't know who these people are um but the second movie kind of still you know they took what they had and obviously kept the focus on simone and nia and all this stuff and you know and just stayed there the entire time and it still it grew into this epic um epic uh, scene of of mechs f- fighting each other it looked great yeah the the second movie now that's another point i want to bring up with the Gurren Lagann series is even though i did like the ending i i liked all of the Gurren Lagann series pretty much i was able to get through the quote unquote horrible parts i mean some of the parts were kind of yeah but i was able to get through it and uh, the second half I still enjoyed, but I enjoyed the second movie much, much, much better. And oh, yeah, because it, it kind of it it pretty much takes what you had to get from the first movie and just rolled with it. It didn't have the entire other series um, back in it for it because well, I, I think that was I actually think that because of the nostalgia of the series that I with the second movie expanding on it and you know covering grounds that it didn't with the series, I was like eating that up, and so I think. Like like I said, my nostalgia with the the first part of the series negatively impacted my view on the movie, um, whereas it positively impacted the second film. Hmm. Well, I disagree with that because I just I, I, I kind of watched it as its own standalone thing, and I think that was the mentality I had to try to go into just to en- to enjoy it. Because if it's if I cared about the original series, I could just watch the original series again. But it's not you know that's that's what I could do. And if it's just a compilation movie where I can, it can I can see it as its own thing, you know, even though it, it rushed in the beginning of the first movie, it still had you know this weird big battle at the end. I was like, okay, cool, it it looks prettier and stuff like that. Then once the next movie comes in, then you kind of you get rushed through the whole fight with uh, Lord Genome, and then it's you know it's the future arc. I and then, but the thing is, they kind of just rolled. They kind of took what they originally had and just just made it bigger. That's all it is. It just it's a giant scream fest at the end. I mean, let's not let's not kid ourselves. Gurren Lagann is a ridiculous series. You know, it's it's not really the most mainstream show. It's it's really for the otaku, and, and it's you know it it just has it's just fun. 
really. That's kind of the thing. It, the movie, you were supposed to have fun just watching this robot just grow and grow and grow and grow and start chucking galaxies at each other. And then, oh, wait, there's even more robots. And they just start fighting, off, fighting each other. It's like, it doesn't matter. It was, it's, just, it's just a ridiculous ride. And that's why I didn't have to worry about the first series. Like, I don't care. Just have robots punching each other. So what about a remake series? Like, um, you saw the original Machinger, did you not, Doctor? Or some of it? So Uh, (laughs) compared to the Shin Majinger that came out, um, like, which one did you – just like a a brief answer. Which one did you like better or did you not like anyone better or what have you? I I like Shin Majinger. I have not watched enough of the original series to to Mm. probably comment enough about it. But it's it's a you know it's it's still it's just a it's a robot show punching other machines. That's it. You know, I, I I have that weird mentality of like I don't care. It's just the robot punching each other and has Jam Project doing the damn opening and it's like ah. And that's another thing is because Jam Project did so many mech openings for so many of the older series that now Jam Project you know you hear anything that they've done and it's pretty much like what is this a mech opening or something. <laughs> Um, so and anyway, and also Tokusatsu stuff too. They have, yeah, but most anime fans will recognize them for just their mech, uh, their 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 mech yeah. uh, work. They eat, and they eat it up. They, you know, it's it's just it's. I think the the way I I talk about um, Jam Project, it's not so much they don't sing at you, they don't even sing to you, they sing for you. They sing for you. <laughs> yes, they they sing for the person who has not who who you know who are just starting up a mech show and don't know how to express themselves, and they have this this burning uh, you know a rage of of uh, of uh, you know it's just of of just, uh, just like uh, uh, this explosion that's happening in their heart of how they're and as they're watching the show and they just want to yell off the top of their heads and they just need a goddamn per- uh, a group of people just to tell them how to sing it. Amen. So with that, let's completely switch gears, and I want to blame uh, – now, okay, it's a lot of the old fags, as you said, or something, the older fans who say uh, that anime isn't good anymore, Moe's ruin it, blah, 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 blah. Well, I want to say that for American fandom especially, that saying the new stuff – like here, I want to I make a, a fake person, which I think a lot of – or a fake scenario, which I think a lot of people fall under. Mm-hmm. In the beginning – you had anime co- – uh, well, not the beginning. Let's say uh, towards the – Thousands of years ago before Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yes, there you go. Um, let's say uh, – I want to say uh, 80s-ish. You had anime coming here on, on VHS, you know. But when anime started coming here mainstream as a market, when it started making money, mm-hmm. it was only the cream of the crop pretty much, Right. It, I mean, they brought over only the stuff that was either really big in Japan or stuff that they could, they really thought they could sell here. You know, it wasn't like the it wasn't like nowadays where Funimation brings over what was it, Dragonauts or something, a show that's not you know no one really cares about, or they're going to bring over uh, you know, a thousand other shows that are are not really that good. Um, but anyway, my point is like when you watched Adult Swim, what did you watch? You watched Big O, you watched Ghost in the Shell, you watched. Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, these are all amazing shows. These are all shows that people list in their top 10 anime or, or, or some, somewhat in that regard. Mm-hmm. So then you fast forward to now it's modern day, the internet, where people can get e- access to every anime show that comes out in a season. So maybe they're being, so back uh, when 
they were first getting stuff on VHS and the DVD scene and that sort of thing was just starting to take off. Back then, only the good stuff was being brought out. It, it'd, be, it'd be like the equivalent of I'm in the jewelry store and I see all the diamonds. And then later when you become a bigger fan, you want to say, I want to go to the source and you go to the mine where everything looks rough and it's really hard to find a diamond. You know what I mean? I think that would be a proper scenario and why people say, well, anime isn't good anymore. Well, it's because you're seeing more crap. Back in the olden day, there's, I'm sure there's, there's a reasonable amount of crap, but no one bothered to bring it over because they knew it was crap and wasn't you know, going to make money. Nowadays, it seems to be a little bit more sense, uh, centered toward quantity than quality. Not saying that they don't bring out a quality show at all. I'm just saying like some people seem, to, or, or maybe this is a wrong observation, but it seems to me that some of these anime licensees or licensors, rather, say, okay, if we can pull out 13 Moe shows, we can make out this much money, and then you know that will sustain us for this long and stuff, which I'm not saying is wrong by any means. But what I'm saying is now, you know, those 13 Moe shows, people are going to look at the, at the fan who's looking for that one good show is going to say, oh, this is all crap, going to buy one DVD out of the 14 there, and say, yeah, the anime industry is just going down the toilet. And I think that's a little bit of cause for that. Um, I don't know if you guys have any comments in regards to that. Maybe I'm completely wrong, and feel free to call me out if I am. But okay, I mean, as far as you know, the older shows. I mean, not everything was cream of the crop. I mean, though I will admit, admit, Empty Guys is a kind of ridiculous show. It's not exactly that good. Um, well, there was Dominion Tank Police, which they brought over here, and I'm, 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 I'm not saying. And every, every, everyone always, you know, cites Akira as one of the greatest shows. Though I, I will admit that's, you know, not exactly my favorite movie. It's kind of okay. It's, it's a decent, it's a good movie by, by all means. But I wouldn't say it's like, or something. Uh, yeah, it's, but you know, it's, um, it's weird for I guess maybe like me and Peterson because we're we're still we're of the younger generation. You know, we were not around there during the tape days. We we didn't have you know those IRC chats where we weren't there for to trying to get download um, anime through that way. I mean, yeah, we had our we had our modems that we had that we had to try to find random shows, and the BitTorrent was not exactly popular. Uh, unpopular. Um, so we kind of we we were of that we were we were at the beginning of the generation that we see now of you know how touring has become the norm as far as trying to get anime. Um, let's see, where do I start? I mean, there was definitely some crap brought out with this yeah. initial wave because I mean, heck, a lot of anime uh, licensors went under because they were only bringing out crap. I mean, I'm not saying that there wasn't that at all. I'm just saying nowadays people have a lot more free access so they can see all that crap without people having to bring it out and they can see, you know, like I guess what I'm trying to say is like Tokyo Magnitude that came out last summer, Bakemonogatari, you know, those were two very, very good shows and I think especially Tokyo Magnitude got overlooked and could it do well here in the States? Probably not. I would I would go I would go even farther and say that Kaiba is a good show and is is even more overlooked. Exactly. Well, yeah. Okay. But I'm just saying, and, my personal experience. This is really recent stuff, where you know, Tokyo Magnitude, good anime, overlooked, but it's not going to do well as fan subs. And I think a lot of people just say anime nowadays sucks, so they don't give it the credit it deserves. Hmm. Well, I think it's it's. 
I mean, let's try to, you know, differentiate between who is actually looking at the stuff because, you know, for someone who's probably new to anime in general, probably will go to the internet and start searching. There are, though, there are people who, you know, only buy the stuff that's over here and have not downloaded or streamed anything. Well, not so much, probably. They probably stream stuff, though, but most of the stuff probably they only go through the legal means and they don't are not aware of any of the new shows that are out there. So they probably can just look at what's being licensed right now and find, hey, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I'm sure Soul Leader will turn out to be a fantastic show. Um, we're much, uh, <laughs> but um. It's it's uh, it's you know I think you you're pretty much pointing out pointing out that it, back then we probably were able to find the shows that we liked and there were probably a lot of shows that were overlooked and no one heard about it or had since subbed them because uh, I can think of a lot of shows I probably there's one show one show I want to try try to check out Jokoko Sensei Nube that sounds to me it's that actually to me is actually a really fun show but no one subs it. It's an old show. It was overlooked during the tape days. No one bothered sub and checking that out. And it's I have like what six episodes of sub of of a stuff of a show that probably would turn out good. And I, from what I've researched, there's a lot more stuff out there. But you know, it's um you know it's often overlooked. That's um you know it's it's at that point it's kind of up to the light uh, the licensees. They kind of go out of their way and try to try to get a lot more niche titles. And try to get and probably look up some other stuff. It was um ah oh, shoot and I always forget the right stuff. The company that there they 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 got the uh, uh, dirty pair series. That was a curveball. That's true, and I'm I'm, I'm I realize now as you as you go on, I'm pointing out two extreme factions of fans. Um, and I want to correct myself on that before I sound like a complete idiot. Um, because I'm. Basically, when I'm talking, I'm talking about the extreme old fans who just will not watch anything that's new because they're have they're like an ostrich. They've got their heads stuck in the oldies, and that's all they watch, and they stay to their little corner. And then you got the Naruto's that only watch what they like and don't go out of their comfort zone. You know, it's like I watch Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece. One Piece is okay, and one Naruto is definitely the best, and Bleach is good enough. You know, I'll stick with that. And you know, they might watch something like Soul Eater because it looks kind of like Naruto with the you know, sorta ish or something. You know, I watch Inuyasha and and Dragon Ball Z, and that's you know that's pretty much all they watch. So I want to do clarify. I I am expressing uh, or I am talking about two extremes of fans because there are definitely people like you and I. In fact, I've been trying to watch some of the older shows as well as keeping up with the new stuff. You know, so I, I don't want to say you know rationalize a general anime fan. I think the people who generally listen to podcasts are not the type of fan to go out and say, oh, I'm only going to watch Naruto, or I'm only going to watch Machinga Z, you know? I'll, 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 be one, I'll be one to say that if they're at least listening to the podcast, they know how to use the internet, know what a podcast is, and probably has at least downloaded or streamed a show. A show. Yeah. Um, well, there are plenty of people who use it just for streaming, you know, typical shonen shows, so... That's that's up to them. That's what they... If they want to go watch only One Piece, go right ahead. I mean, that's kind of why I'm, uh, I'll am i be willing to suggest at least three other shows that you can try out that are completely irrelevant to One Piece and are completely outside of your comfort zone that you should, that I should, you should try to watch anyway, just because it's a show and you can watch it. That's the only excuse you need, really. Exactly. And, and, that's, what, and that's what I'm trying to say is um, when it comes to this nostalgia thing, 
the fans who are in the nostalgia, who watch the old stuff, stick with their nostalgia, and the fans who don't have nostalgia stick with the stuff that they couldn't possibly understand the nostalgia for. Now, I use the word nostalgia five times in a sentence, so let me stop. Yeah, it, it's it's weird because like when we say when you say nostalgia, it's it's not so much that you know it's. I mean, you kind of generalize it as stuff we watched beforehand and anything that's like it, kind of thing. Um, it's, I mean, when you're using it for Grun Lagan, it's, I mean, it's, I wouldn't use it in that sense. I, I think I would, I would self, I would probably say there's at least a, probably a lot bigger time gap between show A and show B to be, probably have some sort of presentation of nostalgia. Um, I use, this, but, I use nostalgia for lack of a, of a better term, but you are right. You are right. Yeah, um, you know, that's kind of what my take on it. You know, for for someone who probably might have only watched like a bunch of 80 shows, um, shed recommend me some 80 shows and I'll check them out and I'll probably say, look, there's still stuff out there. I'm sure I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they they might only watch um, something that's an old obscure show and yeah, then Harlock. Harlock or, you know, what have you. Star Blazers, you know, I'll even refer to the American name. Um, but are there? And then I could probably say, little, little thing, "I'll try out this other shows just for the sake of trying it." I'm not saying it's gonna work out. It's it's probably might not float their boat. That's you know, that's their thing. That's up to them. I mean, I, I'm there's still a lot of stuff. I mean, if you if you just take like a year or t- a year or two, you can still find a lot of great shows within those two years. I mean, there's still a probably a twenty year gap between what they watched then and what's out now. But do you think the same goes for um, this year? And Peterson, you haven't been talking a lot, so I want you to answer this question. Like Doctor said, do you think there are a lot of shows nowadays that you can pick out out of one or two years? Um, like, let's say the last two years, let's say two thousand eight and two thousand nine. Like, what are some shows that uh, you can pick? Heck, just out of this year, are there a lot of shows that you would recommend to somebody and say, these are actually really good shows? Yes. Or, okay, well, and then what would be some? I would say GoGo 13. Or are we still just doing 2010? Uh, no, let's just do 2009, if it's easier for you. Yeah. GoGo 13 came out that year, right? Or is it 8? Um, that's 2008. That was oh, the same okay. year as Soul Eater, which is a good show, except for the ending. Um, Code Geass. It was a very popular show at the time. 2009 had um, Bakuma <laughs> <laughs> And a couple of shows. Nothing as good as what happened in the past. But once When again, did Chinese Batman just, come out? Chinese Batman, that should be 2007. And uh, the sequel came out in 2009. We're talking about Darker Than Black, by the way. Spoilers. He's okay. We didn't, say, we didn't say the spoiler. <laughs> so um i guess now you now you said a really key sentence now you said there's like not as many shows that you could pick out in these last two years as you could in any other two years of your choice now 2003 yeah yeah like back in the heyday but do you think that is just a coincidence or do you think it actually is getting worse that there are less and less shows like to, to pick from um Probably, I, I would probably say there's there's a lot of shows. It's just less time to watch everything. Um, let's take one year of anime, line up every episode. Oh. Um, 
line up every episode, time it. You'll probably will you will not see you for for a couple of years. I'll just say that. So you know, it's just you know, people they catch one show, they stick with it as as long as they can, and they might have a job, they might have school, they might have other things that occupy the time, and they might not be able to just get a chance to watch some shows. I mean, I'll admit to myself. I mean, I during college. I had a lot of shows I was watching. I was watching it like every second. I have a job. I'm 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 almost done with my masters. You know, I have less time than I used to. I just haven't gotten a chance to watch every new show that's out there. I, I try. I mean, hell, we're gonna be doing an episode that's gonna be um, having like a first impression of this new season. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's and it's hard because I just I, I get home. I'm either asked to do a podcast for no reason out of the blue, or, or I just you know feel like playing Street Fighter Four for for uh, for for today, and just time gets cut off, and I just it's um I don't have if I could I would have clones of myself being watching shows as I'm working, as I'm doing school, as I'm podcasting, as I'm uh, writing a blog about something. And playing Street Fighter Four. And playing Street Fighter Four Very with myself. Good point. It's 2010, and I'm still watching anime from 2008 that I should have watched in 2008. Yeah, and da- that's just it. Daughter of 20 Faces, please watch it. This yeah, show is excellent. It's good stuff. It's 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 it, it's a good character, and that's another show that I'm sure nobody heard of, nobody checked out. I can think of even the Ryoko's Case Files. That's another show that came out around the same time, I think. Sixty. I'm not on your. I'm not on my show, but anyway. No, we can make all the errors we want, man. <laughs> Tower of Draga was a good show, but Tower of Draga was a good show. It was done by Gonzo of all people. We don't speak of Gonzo; they don't exist. <laughs> no, they're still making that Street Fighter Four OVA. Alrighty. So, um, is there any last comments you guys want to make as we as we wrap up? Like, what is your like final remarks or something? Watch every show, make opinion, move on. Um, I'm gonna see around the same. Like, don't don't ever not watch a show just because of X Factor. Um, I mean, not, I want to go out of my. I want to go so far as saying, oh, you can watch the kitty porn and go go right ahead. No, let's let's try to be reasonable. Just like if you don't like the art character design, just try it out. If you don't like the music, eh, try it out for a couple of times. It for this, if just watch it. If you just don't like it. Move on. There's a, there's plenty of other shows out there. So you telling yeah. people to try out Kiss Excess anyway? I watched the first two episodes. Some people got turned off at GoGo13 Art. I told them to watch two episodes. Now they watch all the episodes. Just watch it. Motherfucker shoots water and kills someone after bouncing the goddamn bullet off the water. How the fuck? <laughs> Alrighty, so thank you guys for taking the time to uh, appear on my on my show here. Uh, and again, you can find them at the SSAA podcast. Yes, www.ssaapodcast.com. All right, thank you guys for appearing, and uh, good luck with your show. Thank you. Uh, sir. Thanks a lot. Uh, call call anytime, dude. Alrighty, we'll do. And once again, I want to thank Doctor and Peterson for appearing on the show. You guys were awesome. Great points, guys. That's why I love talking to you. Next, we have another guest from Anime3000.com, Professor Otaku. You can find him over at the Desu Des Brigade, or Desu Des, or Des 2, or whatnot. And uh, I, I recommend his videos highly. That's why he's on Anime3000.com, because we only want the best of the best of the best. And this guy is definitely the best of the best. 
So, let's not wait any longer. Here you go, Professor Otaku. Today I have with me a very special guest. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, kids, it's Professor Otaku here. Uh, fresh in from the D2 Brigade, and boy, are my internet arms tired. Rightfully so. Is there anything else besides the uh, D2 Brigade you would like to... I do have a quick question before you go for plugs. Is it D squared or D2? It's okay. The entire name of the website is the Desu Des Brigade, which actually means nothing in Japanese. You can blame Jo for that one. Um, but we just put we just put D squared, or we abbreviated to D2 because nobody wants to say D squared because that sounds pretentious. Sounds very nerdy, yeah. So we just call it D2 Brigade. Makes sense. I thought the uh, Desu Des was like something from Haruhi or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, you can see it in our logo. You know, we do the ho-ho, the stupid pose and everything with the, me in the middle. Um, like, we just kind of came up with the idea of, oh, hey, let's do Desu Brigade. Oh, wait, that's taken. Well, let's do Desu Desu Brigade. Oh, wait, that sounds too much like Rosen Maiden. Well, let's drop a U off of it. Golden. Well, the U isn't pronounced anyway, so why not, right? Um, so is there anything else you want to plug besides the uh, des or D2, D squared? Oh, I'm going to sound pretentious. Uh, no, no, no. I think that, that about does it. That's the only uh, only place you can find me on the internet, uh, me and my weekly show, that is. Uh, you can, of course, see my stuff here on Anime 3000 uh, whenever I get it up. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, no, I'm I'm good and plugged out. Awesome, awesome. I like to hear that. So, uh, our topic today, I have to kind of thank you for because my uh, one of my chat conversations with you kind of led into this, and that is uh, newer anime versus old anime. And uh, I know I've mentioned Black Lagoon versus uh, Cowboy Bebop and all the other segments I've recorded with uh, all the other guys, but it, it was I pr I proposed that idea to you, you know. Black Lagoon being better than Cowboy Bebop. And, and this was uh, my reaction. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> now, in, in see, I, not that I think that reaction is wrong by any means, because I believe everyone has their own rights to their fandom, within bounds, of course. Now retards na naturally should have less rights. They're but, human beings, too! No, they're not. They sold their soul to a, a, a blonde kid in an orange jumpsuit of all things. They sold their soul. Um, so I guess what I, I want to have you on the show is why do you, uh, you know, have that little s squealy giggle snort thingy, whatever you're going to call it, that nasally little congestion you're clearing up there whenever I propose something like that? Uh, well, for one thing, I'm really stuffed up right now. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the reason I... I mean, I can't even categorize Black Lagoon and Cowboy Bebop in the same genre, personally. It's one's a, one is a space western, the other one is a, you know, it's like a, a bad Chinese action flick. Uh, the music in Bebop is classic and iconic. Uh, Black Lagoon's music I could take or leave. I think that, um, you know, Spike and Jet and Faye have more staying power than Rock and Revy. It's just... A lot. I just don't see Black Lagoon as anywhere on par with Bebop because of its nature as a as a standalone classic. You know, okay, I'll, I'll take that. But um, 
I, and then that's when I ask, well, how much of, of your, that opinion is uh, influenced by your nostalgia for the series? I'm assuming you saw it back when it was on uh, Adult Swim? Or that is incorrect, like that. my good friend. Um, I only saw it in full uh, after I bought the DVDs. I mean, I had seen you know bits and pieces of it, but I, I've been known to have a very, very... Uh, I turn my nostalgia filter off very much, uh, especially when I'm considering a show critically. Like, yeah, back in the day when I watched the Guyver OVA once, you know, I was like, man, that was pretty cool. Of course, I was in high school then. Or, no, I was in junior high, never mind. Like, and now that I look back on it, I'm like, oh my god, how do I ever watch this piece of shit? And why do, why do I have it on my shelf? Well, the answer is I'm an idiot, but... Uh, well, I think we're... We're all idiots to some degree, but... Yeah, that's, that's something I'm going to have to learn to deal with as I age. Um, but, uh, you know, Cowboy Bebop has always sat at the forefront of my mind when somebody says, hey, what's a good show to watch? Uh, Black Lagoon just did not hit me uh, nearly as well. I could, you know, I could quote classic episodes of Bebop, but if you won't ask me to say something from Black Lagoon, I could just drop a few F-bombs and, you know, make it up as I go along. <laughs> now, see, like, here's my thing, though. Despite being an anime fan since I was pretty much a... Since I'm a lot younger than a lot of you guys, um, I was an anime fan since I was in about grade school. You know, third grade, fourth grade, and up. Watching Dragon Ball Z and Yu Yu Hakusho and all that. And I saw bits and pieces of Cowboy Bebop on Adult Swim, but it wasn't until recently, like, um, two months ago, that I actually sat down and watched it properly in its entirety, from, you know, beginning to end. So, I think it's very safe to say for me that I had absolutely no nostalgia attached to it. Whereas, like, Black Lagoon, yeah, I saw it maybe about a year ago, so, uh, maybe two years ago or something, a year and a half. So, I think it's fairly safe. To I don't have any nostalgia attached to that either, and if it is, it's very small. Um, so for me, Black Lagoon was a, a a better show. Now it's not that I hate Cowboy Bebop, or it's not that I didn't like Cowboy Bebop at all. I still appreciate I appreciate it, but it's just like maybe maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. Maybe it's not Black. Uh, maybe it's not Cowboy Bebop that was in. Uh, everyone looks at it with such nostalgia that they enhance it. Maybe um, after hearing everyone talk about it for ten odd years, I finally just said, "Oh, I gotta watch it. It's gonna be amazing." And then you know, it was only you know, it was only an 8 when I was expecting, like, a 15 out of 10. You, know I mean? <laughs> you, only, you only gave it an 8, huh? What was your what was your reasoning behind that? Um, I like the standalone episodes, and I like, you know, the very... Underli I, I like to call it underlying character development, because for me, Cowboy Bebop wasn't like the story of how a character changed. It was more of, here's a character, they introduce you to him over a course of so many episodes, and very every once in a while does he change or in general i think the character i think it's fair to say the character who had the most character development in cowboy bebop was Faye. and that's not a bad thing i'm not saying i'm not you know shitting on it in any way um but what i am saying like for black lagoon there was more character development for revy and rock um or any one of the you know maybe even well not dutch that's not no story. no they didn't get much character development at all really but I mean, even like uh, the maid or whatever, R Roberta or something like that, yeah, she got Roberta. more character development than half the characters in mm. the I would and disagree she... with that. 
on She was only in three episodes. I didn't think she got any character development at all because she had no character other than here is a maid with some guns. Um, as far as character development in Bebop, uh, I came into it the understanding that this is these are characters that have been in this very lived-in universe uh, for a long time. Uh, they're, they have basically finished what in any other show would be a story arc uh, to develop the characters to this point, and now it becomes about finishing off what they had started, which they show in flashbacks. Um, it's kind of like, uh, there's a term called en, en medias res, is where you come like right in the middle of the story. Uh, and, you know, Spike and Jet have gone through their, their whatevers. We're watching them go through the motions of their last, you know, their last big adventures or what have you. And yeah, Faye gets the most character development, but that's because she's been frozen for 50 years, uh, which serves as an exposition point as well. Uh, Slight spoilers, by the way. Spoilers, schmoilers. If you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, you should hang yourself. <laughs> uh, but the idea is that these characters, there's there's nothing there's nothing that needs to be developed about these characters because they have all of their all of their development already lined out, like. You know, Jet used to be a really idealistic guy. Then he got screwed by his partner, and then he, you know, went on his little vision quest or whatever. You know, uh, Spike used to be a mafia dude, and now he's a bounty hunter. Like, uh, I compare it to those old uh, Sam Spade movies. Like, yeah, we could get a lot of character development for the Sam Spade, the detective, but do we really need it? I think the character is such a strong archetype that you don't really need a, a character to develop um, because we all kind of we have the feeling we kind of know where this guy's been already and we uh, kind of, well, we don't, we're not quite sure where he ends up, but, uh, you know, we come into this and say, oh, okay, this is what he's doing here and now, this is what he did in the past a little bit, we can fill, up the you know, fill in the blanks as we go along. So, yeah, I have to agree with you there. Um, so, in a sense, it is unfair to say that Cowboy Bebop, oh, there's no character development when it's understood that all that development happened before what you saw. Not to say that there isn't some, like, I, I mean, to repeat myself, there is some still there. But, I mean, I guess maybe it's just a preference of mine. I kind of like to see the story in its entirety. Like, Black Lagoon, you know, you got to see it from the beginning, and you get to see where these characters go when Cowboy Bebop you only see where these characters end up and you know it's fine I mean yeah I can agree with you to some extent that the music in Cowboy Bebop was iconic I personally um, if I had to compare it to something I really like Chomplu's better but that's just my taste in music well, yeah. <laughs> um, many yeah. otaku would question that by the way <laughs> oh yes, yeah, certainly. But it, it's just it's just my taste in music. It's not like Bebop's was bad because whenever Bebop music was, uh, when whatever music was during whatever scene, it yeah. matched per perfectly. It, it set a great mood. Like one of my favorite moments in the whole series was when Spike was fighting that other bounty hunter who was like a fake cowboy. Yeah, <laughs> right on top of the building, and like the sun's setting, and it's destroyed, and like I just watched that, and there's there's something I like to like to express right now and there's certain moments when i'm watching something i can just say this is anime mm -hmm. and 
I don't. I, it's kind of hard to d- describe. It's like I get that old feeling of nostalgia from watching the old tsunami runs or something like that, you know, or it has a dramatic scene in front of a, a sunset and it's the certain type of colors and the certain type of mood is going on and the characters and what's going on. And it just and I have to say there were quite a few moments of that in Cowboy Bebop when Black Lagoon, I wasn't necessarily saying oh wow this is anime i was saying more like holy freaking crap she's hot and she's got two guns so i mean for for you know for as nostalgia goes i guess you know later down the line i probably will look at cowboy bebop and say yeah i guess it was better but for me right now black lagoon was fast you know faster paced shiny shinier animation you know plus i can always look forward to more black lagoon when i can't cowboy bebop so, I mean, that does factor in. Well, yeah, but, you know, people always say, oh, I wish this show could have gone on longer. Well, you know, it maybe it didn't need to go on any longer. Um, you know, if you look back, if you listen to, you know, somebody says, okay, listen to this music. Uh, tell me if you think it's from Cowboy Bebop or not. Like, boom, you're going to be able to pick it out pretty fast. Whereas um, Black Lagoon, I can't remember a single track. <laughs> I can't really, you know, I can't remember really what happened in any given episode other than Revy shoots something and curses a lot. (laughs) Did you watch the English dub or did you watch it subbed? I watched it subbed. I've been meaning to watch it dubbed. Um, I haven't gotten around to it yet. And I know that they, oh boy, (laughs) Uh, I believe it was 212 times that they they said the F word. (laughs) Now, I don't know how sensitive your listeners are, but I mean, I say I say it all the time. So. Oh no, no, I, you know, I'm not opposed to to cursing by any means. I mean, I say my fair share, but um, like something like that, it just kind of sounds. Rid- now, are you speaking the whole series, like all was it 24, 26 episodes or something? 24, 26, yeah. I think okay. it was. I I saw a YouTube video. Somebody just did like a, a fuck count. And basically, cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. I'm like, wow, Revy's got a mouth on her. <laughs> I you mean, know, not that I didn't know that, but... Well, yeah, but for me, though, um, since Revy supposedly speaks English, even though... Ah! Well, it's it's supposed... Yeah, it's supposed to be understood. It's one of those things where everyone in the show speaks Japanese, you know, but yet it's understood that they're speaking English because Revy is... Um, is she American? I don't remember. Chinese American. Okay, that's why I thought she was Chinese. Chinese American grew up in Singapore or something. Singa Singapore or what? Whatever that that yeah, I think it was Singapore or whatever that place is that they always go to, like Madripoor or something. Oh, that's from X Men. What am I talking about? <laughs> I think you're thinking of Genosha. Uh, no. <laughs> the mutant island. Yeah, no, no. I'm think, I mean, the the island that the, the entire show takes place around, where Balalaika is queen of the damned, and you know all that all the crazy crap goes down. Was, I don't remember what that island was called. The where the Black Lagoon makes its home base. Darn it, we're 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 fussing over minutia. Yeah, we're 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 moving away from the from the topic at hand, but um. Yeah, for for me, like I guess I just kind of slightly prefer Black Lagoon better. Not that you know Cowboy Bebop isn't good, and I wouldn't recommend it. But um, now let's maybe compl- compare a little bit something along the same uh, same lines, I guess. Trigun is also 
spoilers, a scientific Western or sci-fi Western. Sci-fi Western, yeah. But you don't figure that out until, like, the very end, of course. But anyway. Uh, well, it dawned on me fairly obviously, but but I'm weird. <laughs> well, I think for a lot of people, including myself, you're watching it kind of expecting something like that. Because it's like, okay, why do they have this technology, but this is the Wild West? Yeah, they had some wildly divergent technology from the real West. Yeah, you, you, you always had that kind of thing, like... Well, what, what's what's going on? But yet, this seems like certain parts of it could easily fit in a western. You know, even though the gun looks super high tech for the time period, but whatever. Um, but I mean, like, how would you stack up Cowboy Bebop versus Trigun? Two classics. I don't think they can really be compared um, very well because of the gross difference in story. Uh, I will say that the animation in Bebop is better. Uh, consi- is consistently uh, better drawn. There's a lot less of those weird faces that they make. Um, well, that's true because like Cowboy Bebop was aims for a little bit of a more older audience than what Trigun was. Tri- I mean, yeah, they kind of aim for that same core demographic, but I feel that Cowboy Bebop was maybe you know a year or two older for for a year or two older audience than maybe Trigun was because you know Trigun, no one really ever died i mean yeah it happened a couple times but generally speaking everyone was like dancing around dodging bullets and crap and making funny faces when bebop you know people died oh yeah a lot uh i think that was also just a difference between difference in the uh animation style um but comparing trigun to cowboy bebop is like comparing apples to bananas as far as i'm concerned um I don't really see that there's that. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of gunplay involved, um, but where Trigun focuses more on the morality of the characters, uh, Cowboy Bebop has, like, no morality really at all. Well, I would argue that that it does uh, question Spike's morality and even Faze at times. You know, I mean, mean, yes, they're they're not two apples here. They are like an apple and banana, but I'm asking you, which did you like better, the apple or the banana? I like the apple better, assuming that the apple is Cowboy Bebop. Um, but I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of like, you know, Vash goes around, you know, he's like the wandering lone gunman. You know, things get screwed up and he has to go and fix them. Uh, you, you know, he's like a man out of time. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, Spike is very much a person of his times. Uh, he he knows He knows what's up. He knows the score. He knows pretty much what's going to happen to him uh if he goes if he goes on any sort of revenges revenge missions um and vash i think is a lot more i don't want to say naive because obviously he's been around the block a few times but he still maintains that weird sort of innocence to him whereas spike feels so much more world weary and the, the whole show uh in general feels a lot more world weary than trigon does um also whereas uh uh spike is willing to just blow someone away at point blank uh unless of course it's their bounty you know vash has an existential crisis um if he even wounds somebody uh you know severely as we can see on the uh not the gung-ho guns the brilliant dynamite neon uh oh yeah he, you know, he hits that one guy in the stomach, and he's like, "Oh crap!" 
Yeah, that's true. Bash did have that kind of like Kenshin kind of like Oma. You know, I and I'm referring to Kenshin, not the the Hitokiri, but you know, he was kind of he was willing to fight if he needed to, but it was always in the fashion that was going to cause least damage and get the job done the most effectively. Uh, so. I believe the term is technical pacifist. Like he doesn't he doesn't kill anybody, but he comes darn close sometimes. Yeah, I, I guess that would work. Yeah. Whereas you know other I'm I'm thinking um, in the same genre. I consider there's a big three of space westerns as far as anime is concerned: Cowboy Bebop, Trigon, and Outlaw Star. Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star are much more easily compared, um, just because of their similar similar tones. Uh, even though Outlaw Star is a much higher sci-fi, uh, much softer sci-fi. Um, I'd find that one much easier to compare. Yeah, see, but, like, I don't know, maybe in my ignorance, I'm not, like, jumping to watch Outlaw Star because of that reason. Maybe so. But, uh, like, I, I feel like I watched Cowboy Bebop, and, um, you know, I'm not, like, in the mood for another, you know, West space western. So I'm kind of, like, pushing uh, Outlaw Star off, but sooner or later I'm going to have to watch it. Um, so actually, let, that, that's a great segue into, uh, what we have been watching. Uh, is there anything new and old or that you've been watching? Well, I, uh, I don't really keep up on the new stuff, uh, especially not, not fresh off of the interwebs because I've been on a bit of a, hey, let's keep legal kick now that I'm actually making money off of this stuff. Um, I watched Escaflone, the movie, uh, Escaflone, a girl in Gaia, whatever, what did you um, think of the film? Well, I mean, I had seen it before. I saw it when it first came out in the states. I was blown away uh, as a you know as a sixteen year old, and as a twenty three year old now, I have to say it still holds up pretty well. Um, there are some questionable design choices in the movie itself, but and as far as the battle scenes go, they're top notch. But I am confused as to if this is um like you could reliably watch Escaflone and every episode or so you would see mech fighting the Escaflone movie is uh, i think an hour long just let me check here hour and a oh. half long and you see the mech fight i think twice yeah but i remember those mech fights being very um very noteworthy like for me, I, I saw the Escaflone movie uh, back when I was in junior high, so it, it might have been around the same time. Um, but, like, my friend and I had never heard of Escaflone before, and we, you know, we see the, the the movie cover and we're like, budding anime fans are like, okay, this is anime, we, we, we must see this because, like, where else are we going to get it? So we rented it and watched it, and, like, to this day, I don't remember what the heck happened. All I remember is this there's this girl, she's in this place, and there's this dude who looks kind of like the girl, which always threw me off, and then, like, in the beginning, he cuts people's heads off, and, like, by that time, he, that whole scene where he, like, takes out, what was it, a blimp or something with his sword, we were, like, we were captured, like, crap, that was, like, an awesome sword fight. Or that back in the was day. amazing! Yeah, back in the day, at least, we considered an awesome sword fight. That was before we seen, you know, better action sequences and stuff but 
I mean, t- even to this day, I still kind of enjoy it. But, like, we were kind of like, man, I don't remember what happened, but there were some really cool parts. You know? Yeah. And... I, I, you know, it was, um, you know, I know more about animation now than I did back then. I have to say, it's pretty impressive. Um, especially the fight on the Zeppelin. Everything is moving and bouncing around, and the cinematography is great, and the chore- choreography is uh, impressive, especially for an animated feature. <laughs> it's bloody... It's very violent. <laughs> That's probably what drew me in because, like, being now this is the same time I was watching Inuyasha and thinking that was the coolest thing to ever happen to anime, you know. And Naruto, you know, the, the anime hadn't hit the states yet, so I was reading the manga out of Shonen Jump and stuff. And Dragon Ball Z was still serialized, so I mean, <laughs> I'm glad those days are over. Well, mm, me yes and no because, like. Yes, the Naruto anime is here, and yeah, it's a money getter, but it's it's wreaked some real havoc with the fan base, and uh, in you know Inuyasha, yeah, I, I've got bittersweet feelings about that because it's nostalgic for me, and at the same time, I will honestly admit there were some parts I honestly, generally, or genuinely enjoyed, but like it's still in the end a borderline shojo manga. And me being a manly man, I'm not allowed to like that crap for some reason. I don't know. So, I mean, it's not like I would walk into the party and say, oh, yeah, Inuyasha, that was freaking awesome, you know. But at the same time, I wouldn't, like, the first Inuyasha movie, I don't care what anyone's opinion is. That was a good movie. I liked, I liked the animation. Uh, I liked the story because a lot of these shonen action uh, you know, when they do get these movies, they go totally off the scale but, however, Inuyasha, even the manga, was totally off the scale and off the beaten path because, you know, Rumiko Takahashi was inventing her own filler in her own manga. So, I mean, like, I consider the movies canon. Why the heck not? It didn't change anything. Y- you know, well, maybe the second movie I don't consider canon because, well, a lot of BS happened in that. And I don't care how you explain it. It's still like, okay, Kakomi and Inuyasha, I'm sorry. They didn't re- reconcile their relationship until, like, the end of the series. So by doing it by the second movie, which doesn't even take place halfway through the series, I'm going to say no. And if I remember correctly, anyway, I I shouldn't be ranting like this. (laughs) You lost me about the point where you said Inuyasha. So uh, uh, I have a funny story about Inuyasha. I just sat down, uh, sat down with my then girlfriend to, you know, watch the first disc. And I was like, oh, okay, let's give it a shot. The minute I saw that freaking jewel shattered into a million pieces, I knew that there was going to be one episode per jewel shard. And I said, no. Are you joshing me? That would be great if there was only one episode per Jewel Shard. Ugh, God. No, I just... I refuse. <laughs> I, I knew I did not... For one thing, I didn't have the time to sink into it. For another thing, the characters just didn't do it for me. Uh, and I just didn't... I was like, you know what? Uh, I have shorter and better shows to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely true, but... You know, someone like me looking at the sins of the past, I had to finish the new Inuyasha series that just came out. And for anyone who's saying, oh my goodness, he's a pirate. No, it was streamed legally. Ha. Huh. So there you go. Reconciles with your stream, uh, your legal watching kick you've been having there. Available um, through dtubergate.net. <laughs> um, I've also been watching Slayers, the original series. I've been watching that. I've been watching that dub, and I have to say, that is a horrible, horrible dub. I'm trying to kill you with my brain like, right now. It's it's back in the day with, like, 
I don't know. Maybe nowadays when I look at a dub, I look at lip flap and say, okay, if their mouth ended with, you know, it ended ah, you know, it's open wide, they should try and, you know, there are some people who can do really good dubs, you know. It's not so much the, what they're saying, but one I really like, I could never ever stand Lena's voice. Ah! Just her voice, just like nails on a chalkboard for me. It's just that her voice really sets it off, and her being the main character, I have problems with. I actually kind of like Zell Goddess not being Crispin Freeman. That is actually kind of like a nice, uh, refreshing tone. Are you from some sort of strange mirror universe where, you know, where Lisa Ortiz is, Ortiz is not the definitive voice of Lena Inverse, and where Zell Goddess is not the definitive voice for, uh, Crispin Freeman or the other way around because like I, I you know I watched this dub and I watched this sub and I have to say that I freaking love the dub the old dub I like the ADV dub just as well and like this is this is classic to me now I will admit I have it on the old software sculptors DVDs and not the the Funimation re-release so maybe when they sync they redid it and they synced it up differently but uh you know I freaking love it it's so gosh dang classic yeah it is classic and and that's another thing i want to talk about like with the with dubs even though there are plenty of dubs that are horrible but we we put up with them because they're old and nostalgic like you can you, you can listen to that and say man that is so horrible but you're laughing because like back then that was the cat's meow that was the yeah thing. that was a standard and like yeah it doesn't hold up to current dubs and i'm sure it's going to sound a lot better I'm sure all those characters are going to sound a lot better and a lot different when you hear them on Slayer's Revolution. No, they didn't. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, back then, that was good, and uh, I feel that they... Yeah, maybe they missed the mouth flap or two, but as someone who's done kind of some dub work on my own, you know, I know, for one thing, that is terrible to get. And for another thing, they have to translate the script so the story makes sense... They had to cram as much as they can. Japanese is a funny language. Um, I'm sure anybody who's taken a class in it can tell you that. Um, but what I'm concerned about is if they hit the feel of the characters and right, uh, if they hit the stride, and whether or not, like, yeah, you could have a less screechy, meowy Lena Inverse, but does that fit with her character as kind of a catty, bitchy sorceress? Uh, you yeah. could have a less growly Zelgatis, but he's a friggin' chimera <laughs> you know that may that may be true um and I'll, I'll agree with you like yes you kind of have to fit the character but like goku's japanese voice for dragon ball z I, I can't stand it i like the i love the american goku voice for some odd reason i just like that is goku for me <laughs> it sounds right it doesn't sound like a like a 12 year old exactly you know it's like what when did naruto come into dragon ball z um but, like, for Slayers, that is just some of the hardest thing I've ever had was Lena's voice. And honestly, I guess if, you know, like, yeah, you're saying about the lip flap, I can't be too harsh on that. And, but, I mean, like... Well, you I can be, but you're just nitpicking then. Yeah. But, um, I guess maybe because I've been an anime fan, I've watched newer things, I've kind of been spoiled with good dubs. You know, going back and see one that's mediocre or was good back then that doesn't quite hold up. You know, I kind of maybe a little more harsh on it, but like I honestly just cannot stand Lena's voice, even. And I will say that you know her English voice, uh, Lisa Ortiz does do, you know, the character justice. 
but just because it does the character justice still doesn't mean it's enjoyable for me to listen to. Well, that's that's the difference between me and you then, kid. <laughs> I mean, like, I wouldn't want it pumped into my room 24-7 stereo uh, like I know some people would. Very odd people. But, uh, you know, I think it does... Uh, it captures the character. It has the essence of the character in it. And, and of course, if you listen to the original Japanese track, uh, Megumi Hayashibara does still... Sounds like she's about 12 and has for the last 30 years or so. Poor woman. And uh, I think I think it syncs up rather well with uh, with the way they did Lena. Um, since you brought up, oh man, this dub sounds awful to my ears. Have you seen the Excel Saga dub? I refuse to watch Excel Saga. I have heard, I've just like heard left and right and it's just like i don't want to watch excel saga isn't it based off a game anyway no what game well maybe i'm thinking of xeno saga sorry my bad you're thinking of xeno saga xeno saga is a piece of crap excel saga is something completely different xeno saga is a turd (laughs) it has nice Um, music though either way i haven't uh no i have not heard of uh or, or watched excel saga well, youngin, I think you're probably too uh, too inexperienced and naive to get most of the jokes that they make, but for us old codgers, uh, <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. Um, actually, if I if I may, I want to talk about a dub that I actually really do enjoy, and a lot of people shit on, and and I'm sure I'm like I'm just gonna get people are just gonna start you know cocking their shotguns when they hear this, but I really like the Sergeant Frog dub. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think people really understand. Japanese humor is really, really niche. Yeah, if you're not Japanese, it's really not that funny. Unless they're making anime references. In which case, if you've seen the anime, you can get by. But I mean, like, to honestly take a, you know, a show like Sergeant Frog, which is really, 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 really niche otaku humor or Japanese pop culture references are littered with it and make it like accessible like i sit down and watch it with my family of non-anime fans the kids love it because well <laughs> there's a funny looking frog and he's going oh cow flesh and my father will sit down has and anyone it. seen my combat afro <laughs> let exactly. me put it to you this way when we we did the this taishi awards these uh, kind of like the oscars or whatever uh at d2 brigade over this last bit i was convinced i was the hardest line hard line that you would ever hear that the Sergeant Frog dub was going to be terrible. It was not going to capture the feel of the character at all. You know, it's a Japanese kids show. What are you going to do? I read the manga. I saw it subbed. And what do I find the minute I hear, you know, I have conquered your primitive earth tools. Now make me pie. <laughs> Imagine me sitting there, jaw, jaw dropped, going, oh, damn it. They managed to pull it off. Uh, my favorite is to hear Corporal Giroro. You know, he just says yep, something here's like, your breakfast. You're a cold, hard woman. I think I'm in love. The balls are a nerve, you know, so... Like, I just loved it. Like, I mean, Christopher Sabat is, is one of my favorite voice actors, not because he did everything in Dragon Ball, but because, like, that Vegeta and Piccolo voice, I just... Like, Kuwabara, you know, that, that, that range he does, I, I really enjoy. But yeah, like Sergeant Frog, that's a, a newer show, or at least here in the States, <laughs> came out last year. And it had a decent dub, you know? Uh, it so. has a fantastic dub. 
Yeah. Well, yes, yes. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. I am going to argue this tooth and nail that Sergeant Frog is the best adaptation, uh, considering that they couldn't do just a straight dub. They had to change every bit of the jokes, every bit of the humor, you know, pretty much every line whenever they had something in the background, you know. It is by far one of the best adaptations. I hesitate to call it just a straight dub because it's not a straight dub because they had to change most of the jokes because, well, for one thing, it's kids' humor. For another thing, it's Japanese humor. They actually made it a lot more mature in the in the sense that there are, like, really kind of questionable jokes in it. You know, it is, it is probably the best adaptation uh, that I've seen. As a hardline Sergeant Frog fan, you know... And seeing the first opening theme in my sleep or whatever, you know, oh, it's I good. love that opening theme. That opening theme, I laugh every time. Like, just reading subtitles, you can see how funny that song would be. But anyway, um, oh for sure. So maybe we should go back in time, and be fair here, and pick out a good older dub. Um, is there one that jumps out particularly to you? Because I mean, there's not really one that I can say clear cut that this is an amazing dub. I mean, uh, how old are we talking? Um, well, that's a good question. Maybe I should ask you first, what do you consider to be an old anime? Oh, well, you could say there are a lot of shows that are technically old, if it was made, like, pre-2000 or something. Um, I think the original Ghost in the, du- Ghost in the Shell dub holds up pretty well, but the one I'm thinking of in general is uh, Bubblegum Crisis tw- Tokyo 2040. Uh... Let me see if I can check the vintage on this one. Um, now, I haven't seen Bubblegum Crisis. Is it... No. Alright, then that, no, there you go. I'm writing this down as for homework. I'm getting schooled here, kids. <laughs> That's why they call me the professor. Anyway, um, I tried watching that show in in Japanese after I'd watched it in English, and I found it to be a completely different viewing experience. Um, the characters felt more, a lot more alive. Uh, the Japanese ver- uh, version of Pris had this kind of, kind of nasally, kind of tired sound to her, which is kind of, which is all right because she runs around all night. But uh, Christine Auten's Pris Asagiri was probably one of the better female voices I had heard up to that point, just because she really sounded like she was, you know, a rough and tumble street biker who also puts on a giant robotic suit and beats the living crap out of things. Like she sounded like she was about to boil over any second, uh, which is the basis of the character. Um, as well as the Kelly Madison as, uh, Nane, uh not Nene, uh, Lena, uh, Yamazaki, <laughs> Lena Yamazaki as a, uh, kind of a nebbish office worker type, but, you know, slowly, you know, She's timid in the beginning. She grows up into, you know, being a good, a good nightsaber fighter and really saves, saves most of the crew's bacon at the end. And, uh, I felt that her progression as a character in the original dub was natural, but it felt more, uh, it had more of a pop. It was more realistic to me, um, in English. Also, Celia yeah, uh, yeah. Stingray sounded completely loco at any given time, which was precisely what the character was trying to be. For for me, an older, um, and I use this term carefully, uh, an 
compared to uh, Japanese and English, I felt for Lupin the Third that the characters felt much more alive in the Japanese than they did in the English. English felt like they couldn't get the right actors, so they tried their best, but at the same time, they couldn't quite get the script right, so they tried their, you know, it was just a bunch of, they tried their best, they tried their best, when it, it, Lupin is just such a natural Japanese thing that he... Despite being he, French. Well, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, the property in general is just such a Japanese thing that it feels better in Japanese than it does in English, even though technically it should be in English, but whatever. Not to mention, Fujiko's Japanese voice I find to be much sexier than the English one. Um, I recommend that you listen. Have you ever seen uh, the loop on the third movie, Castle of Cagliostro? I've watched half of it once, and I have it ready to watch again. Um, but no, I can't say I've properly seen it all the way through. Uh, watch it, watch it dubbed, and see, and tell me what you think because I watched that. Uh, I think that's probably one of my favorite Miyazaki films. Uh, it was done by Miyazaki folks, um, and I think that the dub really. Uh, well, it 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 goes wonky in some places. I think it's rather rather good. <laughs> I don't know. I was I was browsing through it the other day, and I I wasn't too uh, I wasn't too impressed. I didn't like Jigen, and I mean to, for me like especially with a uh, you know a franchise like Lupin or something like think of watching Scooby Doo, but all the voices are wrong, you know, and that really. It's funny. Um, Scooby Doo always sounds like that to me. Oh, well, sorry. Sorry. But Lupin really is like an adult Scooby-Doo. Lupin always does what he sets out to do. He always gets whatever he wants, mostly, unless it's sex from Fujiko. Well, yeah. <laughs> Running gag, lol. You know, so... For for me, that was uh, the natural uh, comparison. You know, so, I mean, if something iconic like Scooby-Doo here in the States had, like, some weird wonky Spanish voice, you know, like Shaggy's going, Oh, see, si, uh... Oh, me, como te llamas, Shaggy? You know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't sound right. You know, he's supposed to be like, zoinks or something. You, you know what I mean? Sorry, Scoob. Like, zoinks, man. We're supposed to be eating Scooby snacks. Okay, you got me beat there. I could, I could out voice act you any day, but not when I have a cold. <coughs> oh, you'd be surprised. I can do some pretty good voices. Hmm. Ugh. Did you ever watch? This is completely off topic, but since we're talking about voices, do you ever watch Bacano? Not properly. Oh, never mind then. There's a no, no. I I've seen some of it dubbed, and I will hats down, or hands down, hat off to Bacano uh, because that is a damn good dub from what I've heard from it. Like I refuse. There's some shows I refuse to watch subbed because the dubs are just so superior, and Bacano is definitely one. When I go back. To rewatch like the six odd episodes I haven't seen, I'll probably watch the whole thing again because it's been so long. Um, I will definitely be watching that one dubbed. That is a great dub. Yeah, let's see. Um, here's a short. Here's my short list of shows I won't watch subbed if I can help it at all. Uh, Super Gals, Midori Days, Cyber Team and Akihabara, Magic Knight Ray Earth, Nadesco, Angelic Lair, Bacano. Bulgum Crisis, Cowboy Bebop, Trigon, Escaflona, etc., etc., etc. But, like, there are so many of these shows that, you know, uh, if I ever have the choice, like, I will probably pick the dub, unless it is just atrocious. Um, and I know I'm losing credibility among sub fans, but those guys are mostly douchebags anyway, so. 
<laughs> now, uh, maybe we're getting a little off topic here, so let's kind of try and steer this back onto uh, the new versus old. Um, it's just like being on Dusty Rattle. <laughs> so, let's see here. Um, some of my favorite shows I've been watching recently have been uh, mech shows, in particular Macross 7. Now, I don't know if that particularly qualifies as a mech show more so than a music show, but I guess it's half and half from what I've seen. I'm only uh, about five or six, seven episodes in there. I don't quite remember. But, I mean, like, that is batshit insane. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Um... Everyone's flying up in space, killing each other, and he gets up there with a speaker gun and starts blasting speakers, and then, like, this fighting is pointless. Listen to my song. Let's go, Tsukioku no Kari. You know, whatever. You know, it's just... Damn it, you want to punch him in the face because people are killing each other. And like, get out of my way, man. I'm going to get shot. And he just sits there singing and the guy gets shot. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, that's the funny thing about Macross is that music is the weapon. Um, and that's a staple of the series. I don't know. Uh, if you watch the original Macross, a.k.a. Robotech, the first season, if you watch Macross Frontier, which just came out a couple of years ago, uh, if you watch Macross Zero, it's not quite as prevalent, um, but it is it is a constant theme that music uh, can tame the Zentradi. Well, yeah, but you and make you fight, fight better. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like in comparison to like uh, Macross Plus, which music does save the world because in the end she ends up singing or something like that, and then Macross Zero, it's the same deal. Um, Frontier too. Yeah, I mean every Macross. I mean, like you said, but I mean, like Macross Seven just takes that and pushes it beyond the the realm of uh, credibility, really. Oh well, the sheer fact that they're pumping pumping out sound in space to me uh, makes its credibility questionable. You know, before I've even started. But uh, what do you mean? There's sound in space, right? There's plenty of air up there. Yeah, so much air that you wouldn't believe it. There's so much air in space that if you take off your helmet, you'll die because there's so much air. <laughs> in Macross, in Macross, there is. But hey, who 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 says they're not fighter in like fighting in like the upper atmosphere or something? I guess that's possible. Oh, uh, because it's black out there, and because we see nothing but black space. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Like, good try, kid, but. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to save Macross Seven, and as you guys can see, it's pretty much impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's got kind of a black sheep reputation, uh, in the, in the in the circles, um, because either you love it or you hate it, because it's just like it's pretty cheesy. I'm really indifferent at this point. I think I prob I need to, it, you know, it's 50 episodes, and I a lot of people told me it's a one trick pony, it's a one note show. So I think what I'm going to end up doing is really watching it in like these five episodes birth, uh, five episode bursts every every so often because like I'll be honest, I sat down and watched five episodes in one day and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't take this anymore. Yeah, you know, there are there shows was... you're not supposed to marathon. One of those shows is Evangelion. Another show is uh, Azumanga Daioh. I disagree for Evangelion. Uh, of well. The first time you watch it, you need to take it slow. The second time, though, I suggest you marathon it. And that's what I did. And when I first watched it, I didn't understand anything of it. Partially because I was a, you know, like I said, a budding anime fan. And I was used to, like, Samurai Champloo. It's like, the whole thing was just cut the dude's head off. And now I'm watching something where it's about, my father doesn't love me. And I'm staring at the ceiling for the 50th time. 
Yeah, because our animation budget is uh, in the crapper. Pretty much. But, um, yeah, you know, watching it the second time, I definitely gained an appreciation for it. But I liked Evangelion until I met other people who liked Evangelion, at which point I said, screw this show. You know, that's a good, that's a, a good segue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride on that one. All um, right, go for it. <laughs> fan bases. Um, compared to older shows, now I guess, though I wouldn't consider it an older show, some people could say Evangelion is of an older, well, I guess it's last generation. For la- the last generation. 15 years old. Well, I mean, there is a generation gap. Like, nowadays kids are watching Naruto, and that's like their anime, when back in the day, you know... Uh, it was Dragon Ball Z or... Dragon Ball Z or something. And I think Dragon, I think it's safe to say Dragon Ball Z and Evangelion share the same generation. Pretty much. You know, I mean, yeah, there's a Cowboy little bit... Cowboy Bebop is in, more in the same generation, but that's because it aired right after Ava did. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, anyway, I guess you could say Eva is of last gen or whatnot. Um, and with that being said, do you think that uh, fan bases, like, let's compare Naritards to the Evatards. Now, they're both atrocious if you look at the extremes. Yeah. However, you know, there are some people who can actually be quite intelligent, believe it or not, about each series. Um, I'm not sure if I'm one of them. I wouldn't consider myself intelligent with anything as Naruto because I think that would kind of insult myself. Um, but anyway, um, like fan bases through time, do you think fan bases have gotten worse as time goes on or do you think they've actually kind of just polarized? Fans are stupid no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter what period in history. If somebody is obsessed with something, chances are they're acting like a doofus. Here's the thing. The fan base hasn't changed. You've grown up and realized, man, those guys are acting like asshats. And it's all, the only difference is it's taken you 10 years, 5 years, 15 years, however long, to realize it. Not to, not to denigrate any fans. You know, it is, it is fine to be a fan. It is fine to enjoy something and love it and, you know, write all about it and take it into consideration uh, philosophically if you must, like Evangelion. Uh, but here's the thing, fanboyism, whereas you think that something is so awesome and so great that you can't imagine anything being better than it to where the, to the point where it consumes your entire life, you know, that's when you need to draw the line. And unfortunately, not a lot of people can realize that, um, like, yeah, I'll say, sure. I liked Evangelion well enough. I'm not going to, you know smack people upside the head with it uh, and claim this is the greatest show I've ever seen in my life because I've seen much better shows. Uh, I honestly don't think Evangelion holds up nearly as well as Cowboy Bebop, Outlaw Star, uh, Bubblegum Crisis, Escaflone, Busan Rankin even, uh, I think will outlast it, but it has this weird place in Otaku Hearts uh, that it is you never forget your first and this is the first time the anime fans really got to think and unfortunately some of those fans never made it past that oh wow Ava made me think that was cool uh phase so if i'm hearing you correctly i i, I want to make sure because i i almost uh had a heart attack here did you say busho rankin was going to outlast Ava? yes because busho rankin is the most awesome show in the universe that is fanboy didn't i um okay um I, here's my take on it 
Buso Rankin is is every shonen show boiled down in its simplest components. You can watch it, you can enjoy it, you don't have to think about it. Uh, and you don't have to put the same time sink into the 26 episode Buso Rankin as you do into the 300 plus episode uh, of the Inuyasha or Naruto or something like that. Okay. I find that if I go on somebody else's podcast and I don't plug Buso Rankin for everybody, I've done a disservice. Well, I think you've done a disservice here by plugging it, but um, I, I read I read part of the manga and I just could not. Like I said, no, this guy had his kick with Kenshin. He's trying too hard, you know. It it, it was almost like reading the next thing that um, what's his name, the the guy who did Shaman King. Um, it starts with it starts with an H. He's not important anyway. It was almost like reading Ultimo after reading Shaman King. I was like, I didn't like Shaman King to begin with. Ultimo was complete and utter crap. There's nothing redeemable about that, and you know. So, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Not everyone is a Kira Toriyama or Gonagai or something, or Tezuka for crying out loud. But um, you know, that may be a a good um a good topic to talk about as well. What do you think of um, manga nowadays? Do you think people are trying to get, like, they're trying to reach... No, I, I guess it's a moot question to say, are they trying to reach Tezuka fan, uh, fame? Because I think everyone pretty much is. By well, the fact that everybody is. It's a question of whether or not they can do it. I find that there are books, you know, there are manga series that go on too long um, because they just can't bear to end it. Uh, and that was something that got me into anime and in general, like why I stopped reading comic books for a while is because manga ended and I didn't have to go out and buy it again every month. I could just, you know, plop down with five books of comic party or uh, eight books of Midori days or 10 books of Busa Rankin and get the story, get all the character development. Boom, boom, boom. Don't have to worry about wonky art. Don't have to worry about uh, weird storytelling, you know, it's done, you know, it's done, but at the same time, I'm sitting here, I've got 20 volumes of Excel Saga, 28 volumes of Bleach, 14 books of Kurohime, uh, it just feels like they don't know when to stop, some of these authors, like, yeah, I can understand wanting to, you know, ride on the gravy train with biscuit wheels the whole, whole way on just one show, but, or one manga, but you gotta, you gotta diversify, or you'll never grow as an author, and you can't just rely on the same thing that's made you, that's gotten you this far, you know, 15, 20, 28, 30, 80 books later. Like, yeah, some people have that kind of staying power. Most people do not. Do you think there are any um, modern equivalents to, like, a Tezuka or a Gonagai? Do you think anyone has that nope. potential, or no? I think everybody has that potential. I don't think everybody can reach that potential. Um, uh, I think that Gonagai, I mean, even Gonagai ended his manga, uh, Tezuka was famous and amazing and did great things. He revolutionized the industry, but, you know, now that the industry is there and it's established, people have to, you know, scale it back and say, okay, you know what? I can't be Tezuka. I can't be, you know, I can't be Walt Disney. I can't be John Romita. I can't be Stan Lee. But I'm going to be me and I'm going to do something good and I'm going to let it, you know, I'm going to let it go naturally. And if that means that I have to end it at some point, then I will end it and I will move on to the next thing. Well, here's a 
Well, here's a point that Doctor from the SSA podcast, a good friend of mine, brought up in a segment. He said something along the lines of, if A, if, if B came before A, would A still be, you know, looked at as some great revolution? I mean, like, uh, if Gonagai came before Tezuka, would we say, wow, Tez, you know, Tezuka was trying to do what Gonagai, you know, vice, I mean, I think they're... I think their their artwork and their their, their bodies of work are, are vastly different. Don't get me wrong. What I'm trying to say is, would we kind of say, oh goodness, Gonagai really did a lot to further manga. I mean, Tezuka just kind of came first, is what I'm trying to say. Not not that he didn't do great things. I'm not trying to be blasphemous or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. Um, but I mean, like, Akira Toriyama, not that he's a Tezuka or Gonagai. But he is, I think, would be the closest we've had for a long time. I'm not. I'm not sure if I understand your criteria here. Um, well, think of like Akira Toriyama. He's a household name over in Japan. He's created a bajillion manga series, all of which have been successful to at least a some at least some degree in Japan. Have you ever read Sandland? I did. I love Sandland. All right then. <laughs> I would um, not consider that to be terribly uh, terribly successful. A great commercial success. It was not. Well, okay, yeah, but I mean, like you look at Doctor Slump. You look at Dragon Ball. Uh, you look at uh, Dragon Ball Z, one? which he was forced to continue against as well. Well, y yeah, but I mean that's still Dragon Ball. It was still a, a huge success. Um, what was that one that started with the C? Uh, Kawa or something? You know that was fairly popular as well. I mean, like he is still heralded, or you know, as this. Mm, I don't want to say manga god because he's really not, but he is still a very good mangaka. You know what I mean, and uh, I mean I I really love Sandland. I I'm, I'm sad that it didn't work out. Kind of like uh, uh, Kubo and his um, that zombie thing. powder. I see people shit on that all the time. I loved it. I think it's it's way better way better than Bleach, way better than Bleach. Um, but anyway, my point is like I think like the only person who has come close to that level by any means has been Akira Toriyama because at least he has. Yeah, his art looks the same. Yeah, his storytelling's always the same. And yeah, you know, every work kind of feels like the last one. But at least he did diversify his work enough that it didn't feel like, oh, Busha Rankin. So Kenshin doesn't have a sword now. Wanker. Um, <laughs> here's, I don't think, there. there is only room enough in this world for a few uh, exceptional artists on the caliber of... Uh, on the caliber of Tezuka and on the caliber of Gonagai. And I really don't think that uh, this this current anime generation has found it because it's become too commercialized. Uh, there was more... They had more ability to be... Uh, be creative back then because it was a... Uh, it was a growing art form. Whereas comic books in the United States were always intended as commercial medium back then they had they had a little bit more freedom i feel uh to play around with storytelling and you know make new things like yeah astro boy was the first sentient humanoid robot uh and then gona guy came along and said okay well let's take astro boy and scale him up into mazinger z um and then let's let's put the pilot in the cockpit instead of you know, instead of having uh, whatever that dude's name that controlled Tetsujin 28, uh, controlling it from a wristwatch or something, you know, 
Uh, I think it was a remote control with a giant red button, whatever. But... Yeah, whatever it was, it was kind of hokey. Yeah, well, that's that's the charm that that older type of manga has over the newer stuff too, and I th and like honestly, I think um, now it, let's compare newer mangaka. I think Akira Toriyama. I think uh, uh, what's his name? I Ichirio Oda. I think he has a, a a pretty damn good shot at beating out Akira Toriyama. That is, if he can manage to finish One Piece. You know, that, that's that's <laughs> one piece will never end that's a requirement in and of itself if he can manage to finish one piece and then go on to another work that is just as good i will like i mean if he can just do that i mean like one piece is so freaking phenomenal over in japan you know it beats out dragon ball almost. well no it doesn't does it no it doesn't well yeah it does it's but, i mean but dragon ball z well it, it has in some aspects but i mean like if you look on tv and stuff i don't think it does but then again, you, you look at Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball and say it's established, then by that case you would have to kind of give the goal to One Piece, seeing how it's not nearly as established as this 20-year-old series or 25-year-old series or whatever. So, um, actually, I think it's only 50... Wait, it came out in the 80, right? 1980? Dragon Ball? Yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball was 80. Uh, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, early 90s. Uh continuing on until mid 90s and then it kind of stopped and then oh. D then gt happened in i think 1998 gt didn't happen <laughs> so uh, we don't get we're not allowed to do that kind of revisionist history not a not on anything i'm involved in <laughs> well this is my show so oh <laughs> revisionist no see sometimes revisionist history is for the best like dragon ball gt Revisionist history is never for the best. I say this as a historian. <laughs> Clear, and, and you've watched Dragon Ball GT. How can this happen? Uh, well, you know, if you uh, if we do not learn from the mistakes of the past, we are doomed to repeat them. <laughs> and like, let's face it, like with even with all the anime that we get over here, we're still getting the best of the best. And when a show is really lousy, like by American standards. Like, it's still head and shoulders over half the crap that gets posted on TV. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But, I mean, on the other hand, um, like, with the invention of the internet, I don't think that argument really holds so much water. I mean, yeah, if you're only a legal buyer, sure. Um, and if you're, and less so, you know, significantly less so uh, if you're streaming. But, I mean, like, now with the invention of this great World Wide Web, Pretty much anyone can watch anything, and you've got, like, you know, you get to see the bad shows as well as the good shows. So I don't think that argument holds a whole lot of, of water nowadays. I mean, people can just as easily watch Angel Beats as they are watching Sis X Kiss, or Kiss X Sis, or whatever, you know. So. Or whatever that crap is. Yeah, crap X crap. Um, but anyway, so um, are there any, like, closing notes you want to wrap this up on here or uh go to d2 brigade watch my videos comment on them like dig tell your friends <laughs> um i am not above uh self-aggrandizement um otherwise uh keep watching shows don't let people you know you know enjoy the shows you watch buy them if you can buy swag support the industry don't be a friggin pirate watch sergeant frog life will be good <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah watch it dubbed. <laughs> so um, thank you for uh, appearing on my humble show here. And um, I also want to tell people, yes, definitely go to see uh, over at the D2 Brigade there. That it, some, some pretty damn good videos. I find myself there every once in a while, too, when I get my free time, when I'm not working for Anime 3000. Um, but also, I do want to plug Anime 3000 because we are starting to get our own videos here. So uh, I think D2... D2 might have to watch their borders. <laughs> hey, you know, we're, we came first, darn it. Y yeah, but you're working for us, too. <laughs> so what yeah, but I put say? out a weekly show over there. I just put out something every once in a while once I have, you know, 10 minutes to spare. Yeah, okay. Lucky for lucky for me, now that I'm done with, with classwork for a while, I'll actually be able to put out, you know, get myself up a backlog for you guys. But, oh, boy. Do you want to uh, tell them what you're working on next or something? Or do you uh, I'm currently surprise? doing a review, and it will go up God knows when. I am working on uh, Slayers, the the movie, the motion picture, quote-unquote, a.k.a. Uh, Slayers Perfect. Um, this is not the, the original dub cast. This is... Uh... Oh, crap. I can't remember her name now. Um, it's Kelly Madison as Naga the Serpent. And Cynthia Martinez as Lena Inverse. And if you thought that uh, uh, the original Lena just irritated you, then you should try watching the uh, the other version because you might find it a little bit more palatable. I don't know. I, I heard her and I was like, ugh. But then again, I guess maybe that was like I just gotten so used to uh, Lisa Ortiz or whatever. So you may just not like. You may just not like Lena Inverse, and I think that's entirely you know, fair. She's a bit of a bitch. That's entirely possible. I'm not above that. I mean, although I do have to, I do have to make it a, a you know, an admitment here. When I was, uh, when I was watching, uh, what was it, episode two or something? Maybe it was episode one, where Lena first meets Gout. And that must have been episode one. She, she like gets in a wedding dress, and I was like, whoa, moe, and that's like the only moe I will ever admit to liking. Because yeah, Moe from the time before Moe was what Moe used to be the exception. Now it is the rule. That is unfortunate. <laughs> anyway, I think we've talked for far too long here. So, well, thank you again for uh, coming on the show, and uh, good luck with your videos. Thank you. Just have just give me a shout whenever you need somebody to fill in in a pinch, and I'll be there. And that pretty much concludes what we have for this episode here. This is part two of. I don't know how many parts. Uh, I'm going to guess there's probably going to be around four parts, maybe three. I'm not sure. But yes, thank you for listening to part one. I'm assuming you've done so, seeing how this is part two. If you haven't, go back and listen to part one, because I have some amazing guests on there. I had the Reverse Thieves and the Three Japanophile Productions. And thank you for listening to this episode with my amazing guests, Professor Otaku and the SSA Podcast. So... It's not too late to join in. If you want to get in on this action here and be part of the show, shoot me a line. Alright, my email is up on the blog. It's just right there on the right, and you just click it, and there you go. And, um, let's see. Other than that, there's no real news on my front that I have to report to you guys. Um, nothing really exciting. I mean, I started watching Devil Zeta Gundam, or ZZ Gundam, and, uh,. Still working on that Battle of the Coma. I, I guarantee you, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. So, we'll, until then, see you later. I'm Ghost. Game Cat,
Power! 